Well, think about this, though, Kelly. We've already been isolated physically from people, Mm -hmm. right? We've been under stay-at-home orders. We're not supposed to be out. When we are out, we're missing out on a lot of the normal facial cues and facial expressions because we're masked. And add to that, now the main connection and the main way people have stayed connected has been through social media, and even that does not feel safe now. Right. We've talked about it on the podcast. Like You feel like you're isolating because of all the drama or you're isolating because of, you know, maybe political stuff. And um, it's just kind of creating the perfect storm. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Melspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of the Advice Not Given podcast. Kelly, before we delve into today's topic, I just have to tell you that at the time of this recording, which is the morning after we had our first Skype call with our patrons, I am still floating on air. It was some of the most fun I've had in the last several weeks or months, truly. Um, And let me just tell you for a second here. I was really nervous. I thought we were going (laughs) to put out the call for this and say, hey, we're doing this. And honestly, I thought it was just going to be me and you. And even I think yeah. you thought that. You're like, well, it'll be a good chance to troubleshoot. We yep. had, there were 10 of us, 10 people yep. that were on. We had seven patrons. We had a patron's mother join us yes, from out of town. Oh, it, it was so, so good. So good. So thank you all for participating. And thank you for supporting us, not just financially through Patreon, but with your friendship, like truly. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And y'all, Claire's not kidding. I was like, well, whatever, it'll be you and me. And we'll like live stream it into Patreon and then let people watch it later. Cause it'll just be another like extra conversation and and whatever. No, y'all showed up. Um, so thank you. We, we appreciate it. And we are super excited about the next one. We will make them better. Um, we're figuring out like topic ideas and stuff like that too. So, um, it'll be fun. If you don't know what we're talking about, Head over to patreon.com slash gurus. Um, a perk of being one of our patrons is having group therapy sessions with us where we mm-hmm. hang out uh, via Skype or some other video conferencing tool. Um, and we get to listen to y'all for a chance or for a change. So, mm-hmm. Well, and to play on to play on the title of what we call it, group therapy, I know we say that, in, you know, tongue in cheek, like guru mm-hmm. tongue in cheek, but truly like that's how I felt when we ended that call. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I had been to therapy with a bunch of people and I'm going to tell you, Again, shout out to Janice, who's Jocelyn's mother. She just sang praises over us as military spouses, <laughs> and that made me feel so, so good. So thank you. Well, let's dive in. It is a new month. It's October. Guys, we're down to the final quarter of 2020. Praise mm. the Lord. Hallelujah. And we've got a couple of different topics that we want to cover as it relates to kind of where we are in this year, where we are in the pandemic. We've read and seen a couple of sources and heard from some podcasts, and we kind of want to just bring together some of those ideas, some of those sciencey terms that we have been reading about and hearing about and tackle them in our own Milspo Guru's way. So Kelly, let's kick off first with what got us started, which was Brene Brown's podcast that mentioned mm-hmm. 
a phrase that we probably now all heard in reference to a Medium article. And the the term is called surge capacity. But do you want to share a little bit maybe of the background from the article? And then we can kind of get into some of the things Brene Brown said. Yeah. So, I mean, not to like totally rip off, you know, our favorite, but um, she did. She just, she just posted this random episode, didn't have a guest or anything. She just wanted to get some stuff off her mind. And essentially she's just talking about hey, it. Hey, time a- out. Do you think she's copying us? Because that's kind of what we do on our <laughs> podcast. We just take, you know, totally. pick a couple topics and totally. just let her rip. So maybe yeah. maybe she's gotten the idea from us. So go ahead. Sorry. We're, we're on we're on to you, Dr. Brown. Um, so anyway, she's talking about it being kind of the six month mark, right, from when the pandemic sort of kicked off in earnest here in the States and since our world has kind of turned upside down. So um, a lot of a struggle, Claire and I talk about this a lot on the podcast, like there's just, it's just really hard to grasp, like the why behind it, right? Like, why are we having such a hard time? Well, she came across a Medium article with all this like research and everything in it. And then we have then since fallen down all the link rabbit holes from this one article. So we're going to kind of blow it out a little bit. Um, But basically, the idea being we as human beings kind of have this um, ability to sort of deal with stress, right? And it's called your surge capacity. Um, It's a doctor, a psychologist named Ann Mastin, um, who's kind of coined this phrase. And the definition uh, per her is search capacity is a collection of adaptive systems, mental and physical, that humans draw on for short term survival in acutely stressful situations such as national or God, national disaster. No, yeah. I think you, you said it right. You said it right. <laughs> or natural. national disasters. Yeah. Um, so the thing to to really point out here is the fact that we have this kind of reserve um, for punctuated moments or, or things that happen or events, um, disasters, whatever, that they occur over a short period, even if the, the recovery from said thing, like think hurricane, right? Hurricane happens, you know, the damage, the storm maybe lasts a week, right? Probably much less. And then it goes away and then you've got this long-term recovery. However, the actual, like the most stress is happening and occurring during this short period of time. So we as human beings have adapted in, in a way to be able to kind of surge our ability to deal with that one event. Um, with such an ongoing and long-term uh, national natural disaster, uh, such as this pandemic, um, we don't see an end in sight and it has been ongoing for six months. Right. So. Well, I was thinking, I was just going to say in terms of like a natural disaster storm, you're prepared to like, even from a physiological standpoint, your adrenaline surges, right? Like you, Mm -hmm. you brace for it. You're watching the news. You're maybe even watching out your window. You can see the weather. You're preparing your, your adrenaline is ready for your fight, your flight or your freeze. But then you see that it passes and like, okay, now let that adrenaline kind of relax and like ease out. But what you're saying is like when the pandemic isn't something you can look out your window and even see necessarily. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely yep. not something that has a timeline of like, oh, it made landfall. Now it's over. It's just we're all kind of staying amped up in this adrenaline surge, so to speak. Yeah. And I think too, is that it's hard. We don't really have the language for this stuff, right? This isn't normal. This is not normal. This is like a once in a lifetime, hopefully once in several lifetimes sort of um, thing that we're experiencing. So all of us, yeah, I think a lot of us, myself 
predominantly I'm speaking for, like, are grasping for like, okay, I could do better than this. Like this shouldn't get me, you know, whatever. Like, am I depressed? Am I this? Am I that? And it's like, well, it's not necessarily, if that's not it, like we're depleted. We are right. just all depleted and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like that's okay. It doesn't have to throw you into the spiral of, oh my God, I can't cope. This right. is actually a really hard time. Um, there's a quote here in the article. She says that um, you know, she, a psychologist talking amongst other professionals in her sphere, um, were talking and they called it anxiety tainted depression mixed with ennui that I can't right. kick. I was literally, I was literally <laughs> pointing out that same article and remember, you, yeah. you know, we, we did an episode, we called it undone and ennui back yeah. during when we were doing our welfare checks, which is just this undescribable feeling of listlessness. So yeah. yeah. Malaise. Um, and she just goes on to say, like someone said to her, like, she said, shouldn't I be used to this by now? And they said, why do you think you should be used to this? Mm-hmm. We're all beginning. No one knows how to do this. No one's done this before. So I guess from my perspective, it's nice. It's affirming, right? First of all, to hear like professionals say, nope, this this is a thing. This is hard. This is not something that we are as humans readily kind of naturally equipped to deal with. We're going to have to go an extra step or several to try mm-hmm. to um, help replenish our capacity and ability to do this um, type of stress, this ongoing long-term stress, and to be able to process the loss that we're experiencing right now. Yeah, I was going to transition us to the remainder of the article, which talks about this phenomenon that she describes as ambiguous loss. And some people wonder like, well, loss is loss, right? Like, how does this differ? And what the one of the links of the article goes on to say is that ambiguous loss differs from ordinary loss and that there's no verification of death, no certainty that the person will come back or return, or in this case, not a person, a thing, right? Like we haven't seen the end of this. We haven't said like, ah, oh, it's over now. And Mm-mm. we don't have an assurance or a certainty that things, quote, things will go back the way they used to be. Right. Right. Yeah. So, no, we don't. It's 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 a loss of so much more than just you know one instance, right? One punctuated right. thing. It's a way of life. It's our traditions. It's our customs. You know, like rituals. All of these sorts of things will likely be a little bit different. And I think we're all trying to grasp how to grieve that and how to move through that. So, again, y'all, it's hard. So, what do we do, Claire? <laughs> well, I, I do want to uh, call back a little bit to the the uh, psychologist that I believe it's Pauline Boss that's kind of done more research on this idea of ambiguous loss, and she actually gives several guidelines to help build your resiliency for this type of loss. And I think they're just really um, important to note. So let me just run through those really quickly. The first thing is finding meaning. The second thing is adjusting mastery, which I think is really important for all of us, maybe especially those of us Mm -hmm. trying to do school at home with our kids, like adjust what complete looks like or adjust what mastery looks like. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's also important. um, She mentions reconstructing identity, which I think we're all in the process Mm -hmm. of doing. Love this one. Normalizing ambivalence. Oh, we've even had an episode on that too. Like we hate uncertainty. And this particular, you know, expert in the field of ambiguous loss says, normalize it. It's okay. Like it's okay to be kind of caught in the middle. The last Mm -hmm. two, she says, revising attachment and then discovering new hope. And I would just Mm -hmm. say as a transition from that, that's kind of where we want to land today. We want to look at like, what are some tangible things that we can anchor our hope to as we try to move forward after this six month mark of the pandemic. 
<laughs> Deep breath. Yes. <laughs> I know. Everybody like take a minute. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah. So another little rabbit hole that um, I fell down during the uh, surge capacity article was one written by Michael Mattis or Dr. Michael Mattis. Um, and he works at the University of Minnesota Medical School. And he had an article and kind of a whole uh, phrase and sort of um, uh, playbook for something he's calling the resilience bank account. Okay. So like pause right there. The the R word in the military world is resilience, right? Like that's the one thing that especially when anytime you talk about specifically military kids, um, they're Mm -hmm. always called resilient. Um, And a lot of times it like I have mixed feelings about it because I'm like, I feel like that's almost speaking of normalizing hard. Like I think that there is a culture in the military where we have normalized unnecessary hardship sometimes um, just because we can and we do and we have and that's the way it is. What doesn't necessarily need it needs to always be that way. Right. So I think sometimes we give up a little bit of our um, our voice when we when we just accept that. However, comma, I will say that we are hella resilient mm-hmm. <laughs> as a, just a people group. And it was funny because I'm reading this article and I'm like, oh yeah, uh-huh, sure. Yeah, we do all those things. We get that. That's that's who we are. So um, just to give you kind of a high level, we'll link to this, obviously. Um, the one thing that he points out uh, very early on is there are, we have this ability to show up, right? Like, when we show up at our best, there are several things that influence that, right? So uh, if all of these things are synced up and doing and working really well for us, then we can show up and be phenomenal. A lot of his research is, is geared towards um, surgeons, athletes. They mentioned the military, law enforcement, high-stress occupations that demand that you show up in that way at your best right. every day. Life and death depends on it, right? So um, the three things that he points out that we need to take account of are things like cumulative stress, right? So that's your work, your professional stresses, things that you're just kind of all ongoing experiencing through your life that can wax and wane, come and go, whatever. Um, The second thing is an external event that can affect your ability to show up. So these are big things like think um, financial event, right? Something that's going to set you back, a death, an illness, um, divorce, right? All of these things are, are kind of not one time, but like not a normal everyday occurrence. The third thing is just your own kind of personal toolbox, your genetics. Mm -hmm. He calls it your psychological legacies. That's probably a little Mm -hmm. bit of hereditary heredity (laughs) there. Mm -hmm. Um, And your training, right? Just how are you prepared? Um, What is your ability to cope and deal um, with high stress situations? So keeping in mind all of these things, he then goes on to say that we can kind of flex our resilience in a way to deal with these things so that we're not as affected by them, right? Or that we are affected only positively by them by sort of strengthening or building up this resiliency bank account, right? So we could deal with, you know, the external event here and there with a big, you know, payout to that. Like, okay, I'm going to have to give up some of this energy over here, mental focus, aptitude, all of these things. So long as I'm able to replenish that account. And then not only that, but have the padding necessary. So Claire, I just, you're going to, you, you really need to dive into this article because this is like right up your alley. Well, listen, bank I, account I, I know, I know. <laughs> I love the, I love the uh, metaphor and the imagery, but what I do love the, the parts I have kind of highlighted from the article are the ways that he says we can do this. Yeah. And so if yeah. I run down that list, cause I think yeah, these are, like the things that you already know to do, but just hearing, yeah. an ex- hearing an expert say, sense. yeah, so so think of this as like a prescription, right? A prescription yeah. for your yeah. malady. The number one thing, sleep. 
sleep. Mm. I love it, which I have said, I know this about myself, everything in my emotional life, it rises and falls on how much sleep I'm getting. And so prioritize sleep. The only one I want to expand is sleep because I've read this with like the most conviction. Um, Right. There's a thing (laughs) called, um, hold on, let's see. It's called insufficient sleep syndrome. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. It's and it's a quote. He calls it. He puts a quote around voluntary, but it's a voluntary chronic pattern of short, shortened sleep, which is less than seven hours, to accommodate work yeah. or lifestyle demands. So we're doing this to ourselves, you guys. And he lists all of these issues health wise that can occur. But what I loved is that he gets into some of like the brain chemicals that are altered when we don't hit the mm-hmm. amount of sleep that we need. And mm-hmm. then not only that, but why that matters, right? Cognitively, emotionally, um, being yeah. able to learn buildings memory yeah. it's even to the point of being able to to have like emotional acuity he calls it it's like mm-hmm. picking up yeah. on cues from others think about how many times you fought with your spouse i fight my spouse a lot right now because <laughs> i'm not picking up on some of the things that he actually means right like some of the the more right. nuanced cues or intentions it's harder to hang on to because the focus isn't there so anyway yeah. that we'll we'll go on through the others more quickly but that one i thought was somewhere that i know i need to spend some time and seems like a reasonably easy thing to fix right now that would solve a lot of um, just the anxiety, the apprehension, the malaise, right? The fatigue. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you kind of peeled that back. And as we finish the episode here, like down, you know, down the line, what we're going to share as maybe some tips and like practical ways to do this. It's funny because I had already addressed sleep as one Mm. of the main things for me before I even read this article. So Mm -hmm. thank you for expounding on that. So the second thing he mentions is exercise. Love that. I think Mm -hmm. that's something that we all, um, you know, we all need and Again, not to jump too far ahead, but like we've got to be mindful of that as the seasons are changing, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, we've had, I read somewhere that we've had summer on our side and we've had good weather on our side <laughs> up to this yeah. point in the pandemic. Yeah. And like getting, getting out, not that you have to exercise outside, but that is something that's, you know, something to keep in mind with exercise. And you sure. were telling me this week, Kelly, you have been back on your Peloton. So good girl. I did twice. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. The third thing he mentions is meditation and mindfulness. We got an episode on that. We're going to be linking back to a lot of our episodes, but whatever it takes to kind of get away and get quiet, to, excuse me, to quiet your mind, mm-hmm. try to do that. The fourth thing he mentions is gratitude. And we all know the importance of gratitude. In fact, he quotes Brene Brown uh, on the importance of gratitude. So I think that's neat that she shared the article that shared this article Mm. (laughs) that he then quotes her. So very cool. The fifth thing is self-compassion, which I know is something for me, like you feel like sleep's the big thing. I feel like Mm self-compassion is one. I feel like I have been either like berating myself for being super lazy and like just, you know, not doing anything or I've been amped up trying to do too much. And then I like beat myself up for like, Hey, now's not the time to be productive. Like calm down. So just having more compassion for ourselves. And then the last one, which to me is so hard to do right now, mm-hmm. it's connection with others, Yeah, connection with others. So Man, yeah, got to keep that in mind. Yeah, with, even with the current situation, I've even pulled like so. It's so funny, and we could we could talk enneagram, but I've noticed some of my red flags flaring up lately. Right, you know, some of the right. pulling away and isolating. And he even brings up um, 
talking about our cultural like focus on self-reliance. He's talking about in the surgical world, like it's kind right. of, you don't want to like ask for help if you're supposed to right. know everything, right? That's, that's the, just, just the, that's the way you are. Right. But I think we overall right. have a tone of that in, in our society. Um, but he said, if it's over relied on, it can contribute to emotional isolation and covert yeah. depression. Well, think about this, though, Kelly. We've already been isolated physically from people, Mm -hmm. right? We've been under stay-at-home orders. We're not supposed to be out. When we are out, we're missing out on a lot of the normal facial cues and facial expressions because we're masked. And add to that, now the main connection and the main way people have stayed connected has been through social media. And even that does not feel safe now. Right. We've talked about it on the podcast. Like you feel like you're isolating because of all the drama or you're isolating because of, you know, maybe political stuff. And, um, it's just kind of creating the perfect storm for. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So, yeah, we're there's a lot there's a lot to work on, you guys. But it's a lot again. It's a lot of common sense, right? It's just re-emphasizing. And this article has a ton of really great information about the benefit, the actual physiological benefits um, to you know just sleeping an extra hour, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that means don't stay up, right? It doesn't mean like sleep right. in. It means stop staying up, Kelly. Um, go to bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm not trying to have a humble brag here, but did you know I went to bed at 849 Get two out. nights ago? I mean, but that's just ridiculous. <laughs> but listen, we are at the life stage where our kids tuck us in bed. Like they will come in our room and they tell us good night and give us hugs and kisses. Oh, wow. And want to, that's when they, it's, this is a pro tip. If you don't have teenagers yet, this is the time of night they come alive and they come in our rooms when we're trying to get our bedroom when we're trying to sleep. And they want to talk about everything that's happened during the day. And I love to hear about it and Aww. I want to know about it, but it's like, we got to figure something out. Cause I'm yeah. mama's ready for bed at eight forty five. <laughs> well, it's like, my kids want to talk to me at eight o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, if I have not had my three cups of coffee, like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I I literally cannot hear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hey, friend. Quick break to tell you about a few things that we have going on for the fall season. We've been talking and we want to hang out with you. (laughs) We're going to introduce a new monthly hangout open to our lovely supporters on Patreon. And we're calling it Group Therapy. Asterisks. you guys but we need it so once a month we're gonna host a skype hangout but you can join us face to face to kick us off we'll do an enneagram and ask us anything uh, parenting maybe we'll talk about homeschooling pick Claire's brain on that uh, and really just whatever you guys are into and what you're thinking about so we're also thinking of a book club so if those things are interesting to you check us out patreon.com slash gurus for more also transition really to our final segment here. And again, we're quoting uh, something else that we've read and heard. Um, And before we get into that, Kelly, I just want to ask you, do you think that we're weird that we like to read like medical journals, (laughs) scientific studies? I mean, I guess it depends on who you talk to. I'm like, 
yeah. fascinated by it. I think our I, I think our friends last night would be fascinated by it as well. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling okay yeah. about it. <laughs> Well, it's your five and my five wing, but like, I just, I'm so intrigued by it. And then I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I just have some great talking points. Like when anybody right. else like brings something up, I'm like, well, according to a study I read by, right. you know. It's authority. It's just authority. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. That's maybe I need to check myself <laughs> on that. Okay. So the last thing we want to mention, I was able to hear just a really short excerpt of a podcast that NPR put out called Life Kit. And it was a interview they did with a girl named Rachel Miller of Vice. And she talked about kind of putting together a life kit for making a pandemic winter easier. And we thought this would be a good way to kind of tie a bow on this episode and leave you with some like practical boots on the ground kind of tips for at least thinking about, if not acting upon, thinking about what you would put in your own life kit Mm -hmm. to get through these next few months Uh, We mentioned earlier, you know, daylight is getting shorter. The temperatures are getting cooler. I, for one, am thrilled with this. Mm -hmm. But we need to take that into account. And the the podcast episode was really talking about how we have had the outdoors to rely on. And how are you thinking through how you might utilize um, the outdoors? If, you know, if you're going to be trying to get together with people, what do you need in your life kit? Like, do you need to invest in a new winter coat so you can get out and take walks or boots? Or um, I was posting on some of my own social media channels. I found a fire pit on the curb alert in our neighborhood and I got it because I thought, you know, even if it's socially distanced, we could do like a little bonfire night and have our neighbors over or the kids could have friends over to do s'mores. So it's like that kind of strategic thinking about the winter and not just weather related, but like if cold and flu season comes back, like what kind of precautions are you taking? Are you doing any kind of, I hate to say stockpiling, but are you gathering any supplies or resources? Um, Do you have a plan in place to check on people in your life who may not be able to get out? Like all Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. So we've talked a little bit offline about our own life kits, but Kelly, share with me some things you might have to, might either want to think about or things you're planning to do to kind of prepare. Um, I loved what she brought up about like buying more soup and stuff, like things right. that you keep in your pantry um, to keep. But And what that does, y'all, it's not just like having food in your pantry. And I'm telling this to a six who gets this like in her sleep. Yeah. I, to yeah. me, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Don't get yourself stressed out to the point where you're like, oh my God, I have to go to the store. I don't want to go to the store. Like, you know, have the food so you can take less trips to the store if going to the store makes you nervous. Right. Um, so I loved that kind of got me thinking, but, um, I think on a, on a, I love her idea of meeting people outside and being outside and being prepared and comfortable while you do it. Right. So I have this great front porch. It's always been fun. We love this time of year because it's porch wine night all the time. Right. Clearly not as crowded and not as, <laughs> not as often, um, anymore, but I want to get a heater, like one of those propane heaters, um, mm-hmm. for my porch to make it warm. Um, I, am really, and this is funny because this is, I wrote my life kit list before I read this article, um, but I can tell there's a theme. Um, I Mm -hmm. love my weighted blanket for sleep. I have have an awesome weighted Mm -hmm. blanket. Um, I have an Echo, like an Amazon Echo and play white noise for the dogs, but um, Mm. it is freaking amazing. And my husband and I both love it now. Like we yeah. almost like need it to sleep. So I've been looking. They, I've, there's this new one that is just a white noise machine, and it puts off this like ambient glow, and it like 
de-glows when it's time to go to bed and like shines up when it's time to wake up. I don't know. It's just cool. It's, it's, it's stupid and it's way too expensive, but I think it's fun and I might um, just invest in it. So. Well, what you just said about that kind of brings up another point of her podcast um, episode. And that is when you do these things, you're not just like getting the soup and having soup or you're not just getting the tech that's giving you the sound machine or the ambient lighting or whatever. But it's like a psychological thing happens in your head that once you've done it, you not only get the physical payoff of having the thing, but you get the mental payoff of knowing like, hey, I'm taking action here. I am prepared. And yeah. there's like a, a way that that kind of pairs together to give you a boost. It's a pat and on I think the back. It's like, oh, look, yeah. I did that. I, we're good. <laughs> it's like yeah. having that. Well, you know, we're kind of at the tail end, I think, of hurricane season. But that was one of the first things uh, when my husband got home from his deployment. It was like, oh, I got to check the generator and make sure the sump pump still works in the basement. Like we weren't under immediate threat of a hurricane, but we didn't want to like leave that to the last minute or kind of be caught without it. So those were things that made right. him feel better about his day, you know, <laughs> like, well, and as we've seen this year, like if you wait sometimes to take care of those things, like the thing you need may be gone. You right. may be out of mm-hmm. generators or toilet paper. perky water filters, toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bicycles. Uh-huh. Yeah. There was a run on those. Well, there's still a run on Peloton. Speaking of, mm-hmm. um, I had airborne yeah. written down too. you know, the little packet. Yes. And I mm-hmm. really don't, I think those are totally placebo. I have no idea if they actually work, but they make me feel better. Yeah. They they taste okay. You know, like I give them to the kids Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh my God, I'm better. I'm like, see? (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. So what's in yours, Claire? Okay. Well, mine is way long. And I think what I'm going to do, because there's seriously like 30 things on it, I'm going (laughs) to type it up and put it in a Google Doc to put in the show notes. So If you're really, really interested, I will share that with you. But I'll just hit a few highlights. You mentioned Airborne. I have ordered. Thank you, my sister Meredith, put me onto this. I am taking a supplement called Ashwagandha, and it's meant to help with anxiety and stress and like cortisol levels. So I've been taking it for about two weeks now. And while I can't say definitively like, oh, it's changed my life, um, I have noticed I'm I'm sleeping a little bit better and I don't, I feel a little more even. So not a doctor, but- that's cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm doing that. I'm really trying to get into a good nighttime routine starting about eight o'clock. I'm getting a shower, bath salts, essential oils, washing my face really good. Like all those things tend to make me sleepy and I tend to sleep harder when I have taken time to like really like do some self-care like that. So I'm doing that. Um, I'm doing little things like painting my nails or putting on a little touch of lipstick here and there because I haven't really felt like I've had anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. I need that like psychological hit of feeling fixed up just mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, one thing I did definitely want to mention is my brother and sister-in-law gave me a journal back. I don't know. It was probably back during the summer and I just filed it away, but I've pulled it back out. And this is part of my nighttime routine as well. And it's Michael Hyatt's full focus journal. And it's like six questions. I just quickly respond to every night. It's stuff like, what am I grateful for today? What were the highlights of the day? What did I learn today? What did I hear or listen to today? And what am I doing to help you know, move me forward in my goals? And I don't know, like just that mental practice of doing that has really been good. And then um, like we mentioned in the earlier piece, exercise, I have been 
getting 10,000 steps a day nice. for about, I'm on about a seven or eight day streak. And so I'm, I'm keeping myself accountable with all those things. Again, I'm feeling the payoff of like checking it off, but I'm also getting the payoff of good sleep and exercise and washing my face. Yeah. So and you're, de- and you're depositing into your resilience bank account. Uh, like, yes, right? I'm feeling very rich and wealthy in my resiliency Aww. bank account right now. I love that. So, so yeah, hopefully, I, hopefully that'll stick around. I hopefully. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, it, it, I think, and I think what you touched on this earlier, like, I think it's just now that we're in it, you know, we're six months in, right? We've kind of hit the the highs and the lows, and now we're probably bracing for possibly another, you know, roughish time. I mean, for all kinds of reasons, not just the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that if we have the tools, we can self-regulate a little better, right? So I think mm-hmm. that was, I know that was my biggest problem was like, just kind of feeling like out of control of it, right? Like not right. really knowing like, what in the world is happening? Where is this energy going? Why can't I, you know, control it, whatever, not knowing what's next. And just like, you don't really know what indefinite looks like until you're kind of farther into it. And I think we're there now. Right. So, um, yeah. Having the tools, knowing it's not going anywhere anytime soon, and being able to kind of make sure that you can put yourself in check, have compassion for yourself, as he says, um, you know, keep your connections, maintain your connections to others. All of those things are are good to be able to kind of balance this out. So, Yeah. Well, and just as a kind of concluding thought for me, taking it all the way back to that original Medium article that we quoted, one of my final takeaways from that article was that we're basically like on a pendulum right now. Mm -hmm. And we have all over these last many months, we'll swing from all the the projects and, you know, being hyper productive at home when we're so bored and we're trying to just like fill the day. And then we swing to this just inertia of doing nothing and it's okay and just lazy. And I mean, I'm almost embarrassed at the hours of Netflix I've watched this year. (laughs) And I have have been okay. Like, I, I think it's okay to go between those extremes. But I feel like, I don't know, the timing of these articles, listening to some of these podcasts, the turning of the page of October, knowing it's the final quarter of the year, I, for one, am like, you know what? I'm not letting this year get by without a fight. Like Uh I am showing it. I just feel like I want to show up for these last few months. Like I'm tired of floating. And again, part of that for me has been a PCS. I've Mm. really been trying to just, you know, lay low and be easy on myself and our whole family, just like really give everybody the benefit of the doubt. But I'm like, all right, it's October. I don't want the end of this year to come and go and feel like I have just let it go by in a blur. So I'm wanting to feel good at the end of the year going into the new year. I want to, what I can control, take back control over and then not worry about the rest. So I'm going to stick real close to you because I think it'll rub off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, call me out. If you see me sliding down a, a, a bad, into a bad place, you just call me out and say, hey, what, what about those goals? What about I, those goals? Get back, I, get back to your life kit. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at milspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Millspoke Gurus, where we keep the conversation going 
and where you can share your advice, not advice.